It's a terrible thing when a dynasty falls. Long had the house of David ruled over Israel. It was a dynasty founded by a shepherd boy who killed a giant. David, the one who was called a man after God's own heart. And it was a dynasty that God had promised would last forever. David, the son of Jesse, and his sons ruled over Israel with that promise of God lingering in their hearts and in their heads. For 400 years, the sons of David ruled. Generation after generation, the sons of David sat on the throne in Jerusalem. I mean, think about that. 400 years, this would be like one family ruling here in North America from the day that the pilgrims landed until today, from the time when this continent was nothing but forests and prairie till now. 400 years. They must have certainly thought that the word of God was going to always be true when God said, David, some of your sons are going to sit on your throne. Your house is going to last forever. This was God's promise to David. He said, your house and your kingdom will endure forever before me. Your throne will be established forever. Talk about a promise. But the problem was is that the, the further the kings got from their ancestor David, the further they drifted from the God of Israel, too. They worshipped the gods of the nations around them. Sometimes they worshipped no god whatsoever. They were turning away from the God of the covenant and the God of the promises, and they were only interested in serving themselves. And worse than that, where the kings led, the people followed. They didn't just follow their kings into battle, they also followed them in their spiritual divergence as well. The people of Israel started worshiping the gods of the nations around them, started to wander further and further away from the God of the covenant. Long had the house of David ruled on Jerusalem's throne, but king after king seemed to be more wicked than the one before it. God sent prophets, prophet after prophet, to try to call them back to repentance, to say, come back to the faith of the God of Israel. But they didn't listen. They rejected prophet after prophet, and instead they worshipped themselves. How far that line had fallen. David, son of Jesse, called a man after God's own heart, and now his descendants, 400 years later, were turning their back on the God of their fathers. And finally, God's patience had run out. God sent the prophets to say, listen, I'm going to bring the acts of judgment into Jerusalem. I'm going to bring an acts of judgment against your family tree, house of David. That family tree entitled David, son of Jesse. If you don't repent, I'm going to chop it down. Well, they failed to repent, and God carried through on his threat. He picked up an axe, it was the empire of Babylon, and he walked up to the tree of David, son of Jesse, and he chopped that tree down. The empire of Babylon poured into Jerusalem, destroying the city, conquering the army, carrying God's people off into captivity. It was a terrible, tragic end. And what happened to the king that sat on David's throne? That was King Zedekiah of the house of David. 
He was defeated in battle. He was captured. He was hauled before the king of Babylon. And the king of Babylon took Zedekiah's sons and killed them in front of him and then put out his eyes. So that would be the last thing he would ever see. Then he put him in chains. And the son of David was carried off into captivity, blind and bound. And the family tree of David was left as nothing but a cut-off stump. It's a terrible thing when a dynasty falls. All that was left of the house of Jesse was this dried-up, cut-off stump. Now, as tragic as this account was for the sons of David, it didn't just happen to them. Remember, God's people were there in Israel too, and not all of them had been faithless. There were true believers still in Jerusalem when this happened, right? That got caught up in this tragedy, that got caught up in this slaughter, caught up in captivity. Can you imagine what was going through their mind? Wait a second, God, you promised that the house of David would last forever. You promised that David's descendant would be on his throne forever. So how's this working? Because the last son of David was just blinded and carried off to Babylon and David's throne is empty and his family tree is nothing but a cut-off stump. When our present circumstances don't seem to line up with the promises God's given us, it's very easy for us to start questioning God's control, God's love, and God's plan, right? When you look at your world around you and you feel like it's got nothing but broken edges, and you hear these promises God's made to you to care for you, to love you, and you say, God, how, how is this working? Because it does not seem to me like you're keeping your promises to me. Well, if that's you and me, or that's the people living in Jerusalem at the time of this, this chaotic slaughter that happened there, in each case, what God does is he says, when, when you were wondering about my plan, or about my care, or about my love, Go back and look again at my promises. Because you see, God hadn't left the people of Jerusalem without an answer about what was going to go on here. In fact, he told them what was going to happen more than a century earlier. He gave them this prophecy, and it was an amazing prophecy through, uh, through, the book, uh, through the prophet Isaiah. For people who would wonder and look at this cut-off stump of the family tree of David, and say, God, how are you going to keep your promises when Zedekiah is blind and bound and in Babylon? Well, more than 100 years earlier, God sent a prophecy about what was coming. And this is what he said. A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse, and from his roots, a branch will bear fruit. Okay, so God was pointing God's people and saying, imagine a dry, dead stump. That's the house of Jesse. But from it, a new shoot will grow. You see what he's saying? He's saying the house of David isn't dead. It's dormant. The line of David is not finished. It's just dormant and waiting for the time when I will make it flourish again. He says that shoot will turn into a branch that bears fruit. He says, I'm going to bring back the line of David. It's going to be reborn. From his roots, a branch will bear fruit. This insignificant little branch, God says, is going to turn into the new family tree of David. 
was just waiting for the dynasty to be reborn. God said, I'm going to put a new king on David's throne. He's going to be different than all the rest. This king would be different than all the others of his forefathers that sat on this throne because this king was going to be a dynasty reborn, the coming son of David, who wouldn't just be from Jesse's family line, but would be the Messiah, the one set apart by God to solve the problem of sin, to save God's people. And you know what? King David had, had power. King Solomon had wisdom. But Isaiah was talking to God's people and saying, understand what this new son of David's going to have. Listen to what he said. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and of understanding, the spirit of counsel and of might, the spirit of the knowledge and fear of the Lord. He will delight in the fear of the Lord. You see, Isaiah was telling God's people, here's how God's going to keep his promise. There's going to be a son of David born of David's family, but also born of the Spirit of the Lord. This is what Gabriel is getting at when he comes to announce to Mary that she's going to be the mother of the Christ child. Gabriel said this, You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of David forever. His kingdom will never end. See, God promised that this dynasty would be reborn. And that he would keep every promise that he made to David. That he would have a son who would sit on his throne and reign over a kingdom that would never, ever end. And the best thing is that the kingdom that God has in store for this son of David is far greater and far different than just ruling over a nation in the Middle East. No, this son of David had come in a completely different way. Isaiah said, righteousness will be his belt and faithfulness the sash around his waist. This king had come to do battle, but to do battle with the greatest enemies mankind ever had, sin, death, and the devil. But you see, this king came to fight a completely different kind of battle because he came with righteousness and faithfulness that he might give it to people like you and me. Isaiah says he's not going to judge by what he sees with his eyes, right? He's not going to judge you and me based on the kind of people we are or kind of the lives that we've lived. Instead, he's going to judge us by the very righteousness and faithfulness that he brings and he gives us. This son of David would come to find all the broken parts of my life, the, the greed or the selfishness or the sloth, all the jagged edges of your life, if it's a self-centeredness, a failing your family, a failure to keep the promises you've made, Jesus finds all those broken pieces of our life and he picks them all up and he says, I will take these. I'll suffer for them. I'll die for them so that you might live. That's what it meant to be the Messiah. That's what this son of David had come to do. And because he did, everything is different. Because this son of David rules, 
That means sin cannot condemn you. No. The death itself cannot contain you. The devil cannot control you because the son of David reigns. All that happened 2,000 years ago when a shoot came up from the stump of Jesse and the son of David began to rule again in a dynasty reborn. But you know, Isaiah, his, his promises took God's people way past Christmas. Right? He pointed them to Christmas, but then he kept looking. And he says the rule of this son of David is going to change the whole world. Right, uh, remember when Adam and Eve fell into sin in the Garden of Eden, they didn't just corrupt themselves. Creation itself was corrupted. Right? It was subject to decay. All of a sudden, when righteousness and life went out of the world, darkness and death came into the vacuum left behind. And suddenly this whole world was subject to the law of tooth and fang. But Isaiah looks forward and says, one day this king's rule is going to be so great that it's going to change the nature of the world. One day when this king comes back, he has promised, promised to fix everything that's wrong in this world. We can look around at our life right now and we can see the broken parts and we can wonder if God can keep his promises. But that's why he points us back to the promise that was kept in Jesus so that we might have confidence in every other promise that he makes us. He says, you want to see what life is going to be like when the son of David rules? He says the law of tooth and fang is going to be completely replaced with an era of peace and grace. He says even, even creation is going to change. These animals that used to try to dine on each other are going to be dining with each other. He says the wolf will lie down with the lamb, the leopard will lie down with the goat, the calf and the lion and the yearling together, and a little child will lead them. The cow will feed with the bear. Their young will lie down together. The lion will eat straw like an ox. I mean, even the things that make up parental nightmares would be no cause for worry anymore. The infant will play near the hole of the cobra, and the young child will put his hand into the viper's nest. They will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountain. Because the dynasty's been reborn. A king who will reign forever and ever. Whatever has happened in your life, whatever the broken parts are, go back to the promise. And if he kept that promise in Jesus Christ, he can keep the promise he's made you to bind up the broken parts, to fix the jagged edges, to bring back peace and hope to a world right now that struggles with darkness. That's the promise he made when he stretched out his hands to receive the sinner's nails. And that is the promise he proclaimed when he stretched out his hands to receive heaven's crown. And that is the promise he will fulfill when he stretches out his hands to welcome you into his kingdom. And on that day, the root of Jesse will stand as a banner. Nations will rally to the king. To the king. His place of rest will be glorious. God grant it. Amen.